walked in and have a word with you. As we had been working together for more than forty years, I knew that tone was reserved for the most serious and somber of circumstances. Come in, please, I replied immediately. Miss Hastings entered promptly, secured the door behind her, and sat across the desk from me. She'd not brought her calendar, her correspondence, or documents of any type. I was trying to remember the last time Margaret had entered my inner sanctum without some baggage, when she said without preamble or delay, Mr. Hamilton, Red Stevens just died. When you get to be an octogenarian, you grow as accustomed as one can to losing friends and family. But some of the losses hit you harder than others. This one shook me to my core. Amid all of the emotions and memories that flooded over me, I realized that I would have to do what Red would expect of me, which was simply to do my job. I shifted into my lawyer mode and told Miss Hastings, We will need to contact all of the family members, the various corporate boards and business interests, and be ready to control the media circus that will begin any minute. Miss Hastings stood up and said, I'll handle everything. She quickly walked to the door and then hesitated a moment. After an uncomfortable pause during which I realized Margaret Hastings and I were crossing that line that divides professional and personal, she said quietly, Mr. Hamilton, I'm sorry for your loss. Miss Hastings closed the door and left me alone with my thoughts. Two weeks later I found myself at the head of our massive conference table with all of Red Stephen's various relatives gathered around. The feeling of anticipation bordering on greed was almost a physical presence in the room. Knowing Red's feelings toward the majority of his relatives, I knew he would want me to prolong their misery as long as possible. Therefore I had Margaret offer everyone coffee, tea, or soft drinks, along with anything else she could think of. I scanned and rescanned the voluminous documents before me and cleared my throat multiple times. Finally realizing that I was stretching the bounds of propriety, I rose to my feet and addressed the motley assemblage. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we are here to read the last will and testament of Howard Red Stevens. I realize that this is a difficult time for all of us, and that our personal losses individually far outweigh any legal or financial concerns we might have this morning. I knew that wherever he was, Red would enjoy the irony. I will dispense with the preliminaries, the boilerplate, and the legalese, and will go directly to the issues at hand. Red Stevens was a very successful man in every sense of the word. His bequests are much as Red was himself very simple and straightforward. I drew up this revised will for Mr. Stevens just over a year ago on his seventy-fifth birthday. I know from our subsequent conversations that this document does, indeed, reflect his final wishes. I will read directly from his will, and you will realize, as I read, that while this document is totally legal and binding, some of the passages are in Red's own words. To my eldest son, Jack Stevens, I leave my first company, Panhandle Oil and Gas. At the writing of this will, Panhandle's worth is somewhere in the neighborhood of six hundred million dollars. Several gasps could be heard from around the table, along with one prolonged, audible squeal of glee. I set the document down on the edge of the table and looked over the top of my reading glasses, 
with my most intimidating courtroom stare. After a significant pause, I picked up the will and continued. Although Jack will be the sole owner of the company, its management and operations will be left in the hands of Panhandle's board of directors, which has served me so well over so many years. Jack, I want you to know that since you didn't have any interest in the company when I was living, I figured you wouldn't have any interest now that I'm gone. And letting you control something like Panhandle would be like giving a three-year-old a loaded gun. I want you to know that I have instructed Mr. Hamilton to write this will in such a way that if you fight for control or hinder the board or even complain about the nature of my bequest to you, the entire ownership of Panhandle, oil, and gas will immediately go to charity. I looked up from the will and stared at Jack Stevens. The entire range of possible emotions was displayed on his face. Jack Stevens was a 57...